Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards podcast season three premiere spectacular here. Sports Woo-hoo. guy Chris uh, and my good friend Mikey once again. Mikey, how are you doing on this, uh, you know, little cool, <clears throat> slightly rainy Monday afternoon here in You Southern know what? California. I got no complaints, dude. It's been a pretty solid day so far. Awesome, man. That's great to hear. Well, Guys, we got a lot to get to today, as yeah. you could expect. You know, we gave you a little, you know, bonus preview the other night, gave you our picks for yesterday's games. We're going to kick off today yeah. by giving a, you know, quick rundown of those two championship games yesterday, give you our thoughts. Um, we'll get to Aaron Rodgers a little bit later, and, you know, will he be a Packer? Will he be playing somewhere else? We've got a, you know, a horrible non-call for Mikey's Lakers and their yep. rivalry game against the Celtics the other night, mm-hmm. plus a big trade. All-star stuff, we got a lot of stuff to get to, but of course we have to kick off today with those two championship game recaps, Mikey. The Super Bowl is set. We're going to have a couple of one seats. It hasn't happened for a little while, but we're going to have the Chiefs and the Eagles, of course. Let's start out with that first game. Um, You know, it turned out not to be much of a game, but of course a quarterback injury, two quarterback injuries and so on. But the Eagles took care of the 49ers with, you know, ease yesterday with an assist to some quarterback injuries there for the Niners. But it was 31 to 7. Philadelphia advances on. They've looked very good in their two playoff wins, 34-7 or 38-7, excuse me, over the Giants, 31-7 against the Niners. I mean, it's hard to take too much out of that game with, you know, the, again, the quarterback injuries. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on that one, man? What do you what do you think about that? What do you think about Philly uh, being in the Super Bowl? Yeah, you know, uh, it's one of those situations where I've been saying this now for a couple weeks that, you know, at some point in time, Brock Purdy's luck is going to run out. And uh, it just so happened that it was yesterday. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Now, granted, you know, he didn't finish the game, you know, uh, healthy. Right, uh, right. But, you know, needless to say, the Niners, you know, their their luck ran out. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, playing with, you know, fire, so to speak, with their quarterback type situation, despite the success that Brock yep. Purdy had, yep. uh, you know, finally the Mike or the Kyle Shanahan luck finally ran its course. Um, look, I, I mean... The Eagles showed yesterday exactly why they are. Uh, yeah, they have been yeah. one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl all season long. Yeah, uh, you know Jalen Hurts showed you know once again you know why he is considered or or at least up until his injury considered yep. to be an MVP favorite. Um, had he not been hurt, I think you said this in our in our little pregame uh, preview uh, mm-hmm. episode that you know. Had he not been hurt, he probably would have been the MVP uh, yeah, favorite. Yeah, yeah, um, And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, it, it was just – it's unfortunate that the Niners, you know, fans didn't get a closer game. That, yeah. You know, that, that there wasn't more to show for it. Um, but all in all, I mean, the, the Eagles just – they took care of business. They did what they, they had did. to do. Yeah. And, yep. You know, regardless of who's playing at center for the other team, you got to go out there and play football. Yeah. And the Eagles did exactly that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it it, uh, it played out as such. So, you know, congrats to the Eagles. Congrats to you on picking the winner of that game. Oh, thanks, Mikey. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I was not so lucky in my, in my attempt. Yeah, yeah. Um, despite somewhat sound logic. And, uh, yeah. It was. So, I mean, look, man, it, it, is, it is what it is. And congrats to Philly. Um, you know, interestingly enough, I saw today that in 2017, which is the last time the Eagles won the Super Bowl, 
Yes. Uh, they are now in it again this year. And yep. the, the 2022 uh, NBA champion, uh, Golden State Warriors, also happened to win the championship in 2017. Oh, interesting. And then the World Series champion, Houston Astros, for 2022, also won the World Series in 2017. So if history repeats itself, then the Eagles could be looking at another NFL championship. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. I did not those, know these little tidbits, I, Mikey. Know, I am enjoying this uh, here. Okay. Yeah, thanks All right. to, I believe it was social media. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw that funky little stat and uh, factoid. So, yeah, I mean, look, I don't know, man. I you got two weeks to to heal up, wow, and we're okay. gonna get well, to our got... Super Bowl picks. Oh, absolutely! You know, yeah. in a con- yeah. in, in in a weeks or so oh, yeah. time, we'll have our um, Super Bowl but, uh, preview for sure. I'm just throwing that out there, man. Well, that's interesting. So the Eagles with a little recent history on their side Maybe. here, very interesting. Possibly. Okay, all right, possibly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, really, obviously, the big thing. Couple takeaways, yeah, right? I mean, the first thing is, is I'll give full credit to the Eagles. You know, I felt like their defense was gonna cause some problems for the 49ers. I mean, they did. They knocked the two quarterbacks out of the game. They were they, the yeah. defense was a problem from the get go. Um. You know, and and then the offense, you know, did what they were supposed to do. You know, it was obviously you know the the quarterback injuries played a huge role in yeah it. you know, know anytime christian mccaffrey i mean hey look he's a swiss army knife he absolutely is, is. yeah yeah just not a quarterback no no he's not i mean you know it was it, it, again it's too bad the way the injuries went yeah um you know all of that being said yeah. i am going to be slightly critical of oh. the 49ers defense okay, okay? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. look i i I watched a game last year, a divisional playoff game, where San Francisco's offense did absolutely nothing. Nothing for four quarters. They had two field goal drives. That's all they can muster. One trip inside the 20. Yet their special teams and their defense Uh won a big playoff game in Green Bay. That defense did not force any turnovers yesterday. Look, right. I'm not I'm not gonna like be like, well, come on, Chris. I mean, the quarterback turned the ball over with a fumble, sure. the backup fumble, the snap. I get that. I understand that. But that's when your defense, you're trying to keep you in a game, it's fourteen to seven. Your defense needs to come up with a play, needs to make a turnover. Yeah. There were no no plays in the special teams to be made, yeah. no plays by the defense. They gave up four rushing touchdowns, regardless of your quarterback situation. This kind of elite yeah. defense, you need to show up better than that. Miles Sanders was walking in the end zone. That had nothing to do with Brock Purdy. That right. had to do with not good run defense. So, yeah. you know, that being said, I was waiting for this vaunted 49ers defense to show up and help out their embattled quarterbacks yesterday, and it never happened. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll give some credit to Philly's offense, who, you know, a good running team. Yeah. We knew maybe could give the Niners a little bit of fits, but um I just didn't I didn't I saw it last year and, right, right. and that defense and special teams won them a game where they their offense only put six points on the board and I'm pretty sure had less total yardage than they had in yesterday's game. That being said, um yeah, when you're down to a quarterback with a torn ligament in his elbow, yeah. you know, and he literally can't throw any farther than two yards, and that's what you have to roll with in yeah. the second half. I think, and I've I've heard this and some other people talking about it too, they would have been better served to just switch it up and do some wildcat with Christian McCaffrey. Only because Brock Purdy in there handing the ball off every play, you're playing 11 on 10. 
If you've got McCaffrey in the Wildcat, at yeah. least it's 11 on 11. You got an extra yeah. blocker. You can bring Debo in the backfield. Yeah. You can bring George Kittle in the backfield. It might not have made a difference. Yeah. But, you know. Well, I, 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 I think that, know. you know, to your point, though, I, I mean, look, you know, for all of the, the various end-of-game scenarios or in-game scenarios that, that, you know, teams run through in training camp and, and throughout, you know, the season <laughs> and whatnot, I mean, you know, take take a, take a look at, you know, the final play of the division game uh, with the Cowboys and the Niners and that, that <laughs> yeah. whatever the hell that was that yeah. they tried yeah, to do yeah, with yeah. Ezekiel Elliott playing yeah. center, you know, and, and, you know, the last thing anybody's going to play for or, or plan for is a lack of a quarterback, a complete lack yeah. of a quarterback. Yeah. You know, nobody's and so, like, yes, I mean, yeah. yeah, in hindsight, yeah, you could have done this, that and whatever, yeah. but how many teams are planning on, well, what if our quarter, our, our, our number one quarterback gets hurt? What if our backup quarterback that we only have, we yeah. only have two quarterbacks, what happens if he gets hurt? And then what happens if we bring back our number one guy, but, but he, he can only throw. do this? So then what do we do? Like, no one's planning yeah. for that. Yeah. So, no, you know, you know you now, now maybe correct. 32 NFL coaches are going to go into the season with their offensive coordinators and be like, all right, guys, we need a plan for if this ever happens. But, I, I mean, look. It's 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 a fascinating point, and it, you know obviously that hindsight's twenty twenty, and yeah, you could have done X, Y, and Z, and you're abs- you know the numbers game it would have been eleven on eleven instead of eleven on ten, but you know even still though it, it, that's not something you exactly plan for. You are a hundred percent correct for that. Nobody's nobody's planning for that scenario. <laughs> so you know, in Forty ers fans, I'm not trying to be overly harsh or anything like that. No, but just, your your points about I, the defense are a hundred. I was waiting true. for that vaunted defense yeah. to show up and help their embattled offense yeah. out, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. So I figured a little bit more uh, would would come from those guys. It didn't happen. Um, you know, but you're right, Mikey. Nobody can prepare for that. Maybe what we'll see next year mm-hmm. is what teams used to do a lot more 20 or so years ago and have a third-string quarterback active for games because yeah. this can happen. I sure. mean, it doesn't happen too often, right? but it can happen. You, I mean, I do you really need a seventh wide receiver? I mean, right. or eighth cornerback? I, I'd rather have a quarterback, right? Even if it's a third stringer, but a guy that's took some snaps that yeah. I knows my offense at least a little bit, yeah. Just in case something like that yeah. happens. Um, I mean, nobody's doing that right now. Right. So it wasn't like San Francisco was the only team. Most teams are just running out with two active quarterbacks and then shutting down the third one to create a roster spot going yeah. into those games. But um, yeah, I think teams right. might rethink that yeah. now after that. All that being said, hey, 49ers had a great year. I mean, yeah. you know, Purdy makes the run and everything. So, you know, hats off to them. They'll have an interesting offseason ahead, yes, of sir. course, once again. But um, kudos to the Eagles. And uh, to your points, Mike, you know, Jalen Hurts, Probably would have been the MVP, you know, had he not had that late uh, injury spell. And we saw why. Miles Sanders was a big part. He ran well yesterday. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, congrats to the Eagles. But, yeah. of course, we had another championship yes, game yesterday. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This and one was, lived up to the hype. Oh, this one lived up to the hype. We had trash talk before oh, the game. Uh-huh. We had trash, trash talk, talk after the years, game. after yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. This was a rematch, of course, of last year's AFC title game in uh, the same place mm-hmm. in Arrowhead Stadium mm-hmm. uh, between the Bengals and the Chiefs, and it was a phenomenal game. God, it was a good game. It was a really good game. Good. Um, dude, as always, I'm you know very excited to get your takeaways. Oh. I know there's been... 
a lot of uh, criticism thrown toward the officiating, and I'm sure you and I will touch on that. But uh, that being said, it was a it was a great game, and both teams had a chance in the final minutes of the game. Both teams had the ball uh-huh. with opportunities to try to drive down the field and win. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes was the one that, ironically enough, made a play with his legs, even though he was basically down to one leg, uh, that, that was able to get them in the Super Bowl. But, dude, your thoughts yeah. on that uh, pretty epic AFC title game last night. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, my, my pick was the Bengals. It was. That didn't happen. Uh, but, I mean, look, th- this, this game had a little bit of everything. Um, you know, it, 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 the storylines galore. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I... It's tough to say. I, I don't. I understand why Zach Taylor was so upset about that extra play that that the the Chiefs seemingly done. He, yes, he, he was 100%. absolutely. He was valid in his complaint. Now you know, obviously, even the announcers, you know, uh, uh, were kind of quite like, well, yeah, what's Jim going Nance on? They, Tony they, they Romo had, didn't know no either. Idea what yeah, was going on. yeah. Um, but then, of course, you know, later on they had the video evidence of, you know, the line judge or whatever way out, way out where, way out west. Yeah, 30 yards you know, down the field. Yeah, he's the one kind of coming in. in and, and, but, but here's but, – but, but my thing is, is that like, yes, Nansen and Roma were sitting there talking about it's really loud in here and we can't hear the whistle. B.S. Be, be, I, 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 for, That's what I said to somebody why, earlier why, today. Wait, you yeah. got all these zebras across the field, yeah. and you got the one 30 yards down the, the field yeah. that's trying to make that call. Where's the other guys? Yeah. Where's the other yeah. zebras that can help that guy out? And then, and then and it, it just, I don't know. It, it, that was that was suspect at best. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't understand. I don't know what you could have done differently in that situation. I, I mean, I know the Chiefs were running out their, 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 their punt team. And, uh, you know, the, the Bengals were seemingly Zach Taylor and the Bengals and, and Joe Burrow thought they were getting the ball right, back with right. yeah. seemingly yeah. going to be probably pretty decent field position. Instead, you know, they get that extra play. They get to go. They get the first down, they, you know, new set of downs. And granted, they, they blew. They, the Chiefs didn't do anything. They didn't capitalize on no, that they either. Didn't. No, they didn't. They yeah. went three and yeah. out and they, then they yeah. ended up punting, punting to begin yeah. with. Yeah. You know, when all is said and done, but... In terms of a momentum changer, in terms of a a play or a call that just seemingly no one understood, that's where I think a lot of the frustration and confusion yeah. comes in, right? Yeah. Is that, you know, how many times do you see a guy 30 yards down the field making a call like that? You don't. And, you and don't. so I totally understand that. Uh, you know, they, there was challenges galore, you know, I mean, yeah. the Chiefs blew a challenge, uh, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and, and then the Bengals, they were successful on a challenge, but then at the same time, yeah. it wasn't successful. Like it was crazy. And look, and then, and then what's his face going down there. And, and when, when to the play that you're alluding to with Pat Mahomes r- using his legs and seemingly yeah. feeling good enough that he can yeah. run and the Bengals defense needed to come up with a stop. And as he's going out of bounds, clearly he's in the white. And, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, that's a personal the foul. The Bengals, you know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, look, that was a dumb call. That was one of those bonehead things that just, you know, separates the championship contenders from the guys that are you know, that are not. Uh, I hate to say oh. it. 
It's those kind of, and, and we even talked about it that you know Mike, it's going to come this down out in our preview. You to who right can at limit the end, those mistakes? You said and, maybe there may, there's a mistake that yeah. could happen. Yeah, and sure enough, and, right? And, and you know, seconds yes, left in the game, Mahomes went out of bounds. That that penalty not been called, the the field goal attempt would have been 20 yards further downfield or so than it yeah, was it, ended up being. It would so, have been. I mean, that ended up being a 45 yard attempt, so it would have been a 60 yard yeah. field goal, which wasn't going to happen. I right. Mean, Butker wouldn't have been even been able to make it from fifty-five, let alone sixty. Right. So, so you're looking no at a chance. You're looking now. Granted, there was eight seconds left, right. and you know I think Andy Reid made the smart decision. You just kicked the field goal because he didn't have any timeouts after the penalty. Right? right. If there's not the penalty, you're out, you're going to run one more play and sure. try to get something to the sideline to grab another five to ten yards. Right. Take three, four seconds off the clock and try that field goal. Whether you get that or not, who right. knows? Right. Um, yeah, great. But yeah, so I, you know, it just, it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, I, I mean, Mahomes did what Mahomes does and, you know, he made the plays that he needed to play. I mean, you know, the Bengals were getting after him. They were, they were putting all tons of pressure on him. Clearly he's affected by that ankle. Mm -hmm. Uh, he wasn't able to be as mobile as we're used to seeing from him. Um, you know, the, the, the Bengals had every opportunity to, to win this football game. They did, um, yeah. And so, you know, kudos to the Chiefs for, you know, getting the plays, getting the stops. Um, you know, and, and as as controversial as that play was, as that call was, you know, I don't think that wasn't the end all be all. That was not the, the no, play that decided no. the game. Uh-uh. Um, you know, uh, Burrow there towards the end, he had an opportunity to to get something downfield and it ended up being an interception, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, there was a bobbled ball, and it ended up in the hands of the Chiefs. And that, so, well, they, they, yeah, that one they ended up calling actually a that's right pass interference. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but but um, but yeah, to, to your point, they did have a chance mm-hmm. to get going, and and uh, you know he ended up getting an intentional grounding penalty, and then yes. Chris Jones came up with a huge sack. But yeah, um, I mean, epic game. And to your points, you know, I think the first thing, I'll talk about the officiating first, right? Yes. So, like like you had said, you know, I'd be irate over that do-over down, like you said. To kind of touch on that one first. Yes. I'm with you, and I, I think everybody, the Bengals especially, why are you blowing the play dead? That's what I want to know. Because you, right. I'd already blown the play dead first. Correct. And reset everything, 10 on ten on the game clock, this much on the, on the play clock. Um, or you know, vice versa. Yeah. And okay, we we never got an explanation for why they did that in the first place. So anyway, Chiefs go up, run the play. Why you have that judge thirty yards down the field trying to blow a dad with two on the play clock? And and to your point, look, nobody would have heard that in Green Bay, in Arizona, in Dallas, in most of the stadiums around this league. Right. Except for the Rams Stadium because they can't fill it. So. <laughs> Sorry, any, oh, any chance I can to throw that in there. So fine. But Philly, the Giants, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, right, you can right. take any of these stadiums in a playoff atmosphere that's going crazy. Right. You're not going to hear that with yeah. two on the play clock on a big play like that. So why are you just blew it dead? Right. Why are you doing it again now eight seconds later? That We never got an explanation for that. So I'm I, absolutely, that was, that was yeah. pretty bad. That was pretty bad. Then they redo it. Mahomes gets sacked. 
But the Bengals get called for defensive holding, which was a clear defensive holding on Eli Apple. It mm-hmm. would have been egregious had it not been called. Right. So it's like it's frustrating. That was the right call. Then to your point, they go three and out and punt the ball back. Yeah. So as much as how frustrating that was and how puzzling and questionable that was, it didn't have a direct outcome on the game. Right. And then the challenges, actually one of those went Cincinnati's way. There was uh, there was one of those plays there in the second half where Cincinnati was going to throw the challenge flag and then they yeah. beamed in from New York yes. and said no challenge needed right. and they reversed the and call. That, and yes, and right. Mahomes was clearly down. His shin was down. Yeah, he was clearly down on that was, play. Yes. And yeah. it saved him a challenge. Yes. And that's and that's right. So that the Bengals broke that way, right? I right. mean, they didn't have to use one of their challenges. So, and it was the right call yeah. and they got it right. Yeah. Um and then of course, you know, the play we talked about at the end and look that's that's personal foul all day long yeah. especially in today's league could you imagine if that was tom brady running right. i mean oh right. my god you know so yeah they're gonna call that every single time mm-hmm. you just can't do it it's too bad that kid played a great game mm-hmm. and he'll be a big part of their defense but as upsetting as it might be the officiating for the Bengals, none of those calls had a direct impact on Correct. the game now joe burrow making a mistake on that final drive of theirs. And while he was under pressure, just throwing the ball into the feet of the lineman and, and costing him a down mm-hmm. there, you know, with mm-hmm. the intentional grounding, which was the correct call. Yeah. Yes, there was a running back eight, nine yards down the field that had already released. And the, the you know, the official they have on TV was explaining that as well. Yes. That when you when you throw it into a lineman's feet, that only works if if it's like a screen pass that's blowing up. And the running back or tight end or receiver hasn't released that five yards past the line of scrimmage. That like magical five yards where you mm-hmm. can jam receivers and stuff and then you can't touch them anymore. He had already gone past that. So that was intentional grounding. And that yeah. was the right call. They didn't yeah. call it right away. But we see that sometimes with intentional grounding. They, yeah. They'll confer to get it right. So that was the right call. Yeah. And then Chris Jones single-handedly was like, yep, sorry. I'm going to make a big play right here. <laughs> yeah. and." Really disrupt things. And and he was the big difference all game long, really. Yeah. Joe Burrow played good, I, I thought, you know, despite the offensive line issues, which mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of came up a little bit in this game, which yeah. we thought they would. Um, you know, Mahomes, I thought, played great for, for the ankle injury, you know. Um, and in that fourth quarter, man, both of those defenses were yeah. digging in. It just kind of seemed like, okay, we're going to go to overtime and, you know, had the penalty not happened, we very well might have went to overtime. Mm-hmm. But it was a great game, um, you know. So, those are my takeaways, yeah. and you know, and and then of course the the trash talk aspect of it. But uh, you know, I I love the back and forth. This is a this is a good now now you can definitely call it a rivalry. The yeah. Chiefs got them once, yeah. so you know last year the Bengals, this year was the Chiefs. I you know these guys are going to see each other some more in the yeah. future, no doubt about it. So yeah. um, it was great, but you know I I have a feeling next time around the Bengals, the Cincinnati Mayor, and everybody will calm down on the on the uh, bulletin board material uh, to give the Chiefs because they clearly use that as some motivation uh, in yesterday's game. But yeah. uh, you know, a uh, great game, great game. Hats off to the Bengals. They yep. had a great season. They went on a heck of a run, and yep. they are in great shape, obviously, for the future as well. So, but those were a couple of my takeaways. Okay. Officiating frustrating, yeah, but it didn't have a direct impact on the outcome of that game. The Bengals had a chance, and they at the end to go down and take the lead. But hats off to KC. Um, Should be a great Super Bowl. Yes, it really should. I'll look forward to our preview when we get to that. Oh yeah! All right, guys. So we'll take a quick segment break. When we come back, of course, 
news surfacing that my Packers apparently would prefer to move on from Aaron Rodgers, Oops. you know, due to the finances and so on. Oh, so, okay. you know, we'll touch on that. And, of course, the, the head coaching searches are starting to so heat up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, we'll take a quick segment break. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards podcast season three premiere moving right along. Mikey and I, of course, uh, took you guys through the little quick recaps there from both of the championship games yesterday. But some news also was breaking from, of course, Adam Schefter uh, reporting now for the third year in a row that Aaron Rodgers is going to leave Green Bay. But no, uh, seriously, though, these reports definitely have something to them. It it, uh it seems like an interesting offseason setup for Green Bay once okay. again, but a very real possibility that possibly they move on from Rodgers, he gets traded, maybe he retires, we're not sure. But Mikey, as yeah. an outside you know, Packers yeah. uh, perspective, I am uh, definitely anxious to get your opinion on the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. And ultimately, where do you think number 12 is playing next year? Is it in Green Bay or is it somewhere else? Uh... I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I, I think from an outsider's point of view, um, it's it's in, fascinating to me, especially in sports in general. But, you know, when you have these older players that, you know, have, have done, they've won and they, they've won Super Bowls and MVPs and, you know, their championships, uh, you know, like, mm-hmm. like an Aaron Rodgers, like a Tom sure. Brady, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a LeBron James, for example, um, you know, you, you have some of these guys, you know, regardless of what else is going on yeah, in the league, whatever league that might be, right. uh, you know, they still command uh, uh, um, airtime. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think the long and the short of it is this. If I'm a Green Bay, if, if I were in your shoes, yeah. I think at this point in time, it's time to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Okay. As, as, as well as he's played for, you know, for the pack, as well as, you know, as much as he is, um, you know, a Green Bay Packer, mm-hmm. so is Brett Favre. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Brett Favre yeah. finished his career with what? The, the Vikings? He went to the Jets for one year and then and went then to Minnesota Vikings. for his last last couple of years yeah. there. Yeah. So how many people remember that? I didn't even remember the Jets. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he's still thought of as a Packer. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, so, oh, of course. Yeah. I, but I, I think that, you know, whether it's it, it's Jordan Love, right? Yeah, his Jordan name? Love. Yep. Whether it's yep. him, whether it's, you know, a different quarterback, excuse me, you know, that uh, – that takes over the snaps at center. Yeah. You know, I, look, I, I think Aaron Rodgers likes some of the chaos that exists because if he didn't, if he didn't like it, it wouldn't be a part of it. Yeah. Um, and I get it. The media frenzy that goes around with that, you know, has something to do with that. You know, oh, yeah. the, the allure of Lambeau Field, the allure of the franchise, all those kinds of things, I think, play into the whole mystique sure. of it. Oh, yeah. Um, but having said all of that, I think at some point in time, you have to think about the direction of your franchise. And is, at this point in time, an aging Aaron Rodgers that didn't play, Yes, he didn't have as many offensive weapons, but some of his... Younger receivers and offensive, you know, talent-ish around him started coming on a little bit stronger towards the end of the season. 
But at some point in time, you can't have a win-now quarterback surrounded by a bunch of talent that is a few years away from winning now. Well, that's a great point. And so either you need to decide that you're going to trade away, pull Rams and trade away your future for a win now that may or may not actually happen, Rams. Yeah, right. Right. (laughs) Or do you move on from the one piece that you know will net you... You know, uh, something in return, you know, whatever. And then you can kind of commit to that rebuild. Lafleur can kind of do his thing and doesn't have to feel that pressure of, yes, there's still going to be an expectation of winning in Green Bay. That exists whether you're the Packers, whether you're the Patriots, whether you're the Lakers, the the Celtics, the, the Dodgers, the Yankees. I mean, take your pick. Some of these legacy type franchises, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at, yeah. there, there, there is an expectation that exists, right? Yep. But I think that at some point in time, again, you know, you don't have enough to... Your biggest trade piece is the face of your franchise, which is Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But he's in win now. He's got to win now. Yeah. You don't yeah. have any other very many pieces on that team. Yeah. And you can speak to this more than I could. You don't Absolutely. have very much on that team that is in win-now mode on either side of the ball. Yeah, yeah. So why not hit the reset button, put that problem onto somebody else, Yeah. let them deal with the media frenzy that would exist with Aaron Rodgers Yeah. and his trips to South America and all of his you know, sure, hallucinogenic sure. drugs and all that fun stuff. <laughs> Let that push that on to somebody else, like the Jets or wherever uh-huh. that's been rumored, sure. yeah. right? Yeah, and 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 hit the reset button, and and you know, who knows if the Vikings are going to be the top spot, top dog in your division again next year? For all we know, it's going to hit the reset button, and it's going to be the Packers right. there for the taking. Detroit I, probably will Detroit, be in the game. Absolutely. You know, they, absolutely. they look pretty good. I think uh, the Bears still need a miracle. Yes, but, you know, hundred <laughs> percent. But yeah, I, I mean, I just, I, I think, you know, you have to. You're going to have to. I mean, same kind of thing with like a Kyler Murray type situation. I mean, you know, at some point in time, you kind of have to hit that reset button and say, okay, you know what, okay. this, this yeah. didn't work out. We were successful, but yeah. now we need to figure out where we're going to go. This is what we need to do. I think you need to move on from him. Where he goes, whether he retires, who knows? Yeah, all uh, right, Mikey I, doesn't have any. I, I don't special, have any. I don't have you know, any destination no. here. So no, okay. I, I mean, look, I, I I think someone would t- just like a Tom Brady or something like that. Someone would take a chance. Someone would would oh would absolutely snap yeah 100%. totally. Uh, and there and there's you know a lot of teams out there that yeah. would love to have Aaron Rodgers on the squad. Um, it's just a matter of if they're willing to put up with what entails yeah. employing Aaron Rodgers in your franchise. So I, I I think that's where I'm at. But yeah, if I'm the Packers, you ask for my opinion on it as an outsider, I move on from him. Okay. I, right. I don't I don't none of this like, you know, year in and year out, is he, is he not? Right. You know, right. Just just move on. Commit. Yep. See what you've got in love. And then if you don't have anything there, then you go back to the drawing board and, yeah. and you look at what's available. I, I think that's what you do. Okay. Um it's, I, I mean, I can't really argue with that. You know what I mean? So I'm a, I'm a Packers fan, of course, yeah. diehard. I yeah. mean, look, it, ideally, I would like number twelve to finish his career in Green sure. Bay. I would like, you know, it, if he's willing to restructure the contract, 
which it sounds like he is because he's not dominant. He understands that whether that's coming back to Green Bay next year or facilitating a trade to somebody, a $60 million cap number is pretty much not doable for sure. anybody, including yeah. the Packers. So it's great to have all the trade rumors, and they'd prefer to move off of Rodgers and, and all this stuff, but realistically, who can take that on, number one? Number two, who can actually pony up what it's going to cost to trade for him? Because I remember a quarterback that fetched a whole boatload of stuff last offseason named Russell Wilson, mm. who wasn't coming off back-to-back MVP seasons, who hasn't won an MVP. Rodgers has four of them. And was really not even at the level of game Aaron was at even after this year, right? And commanded a boatload of first-round picks, mm-hmm. later picks, three players that were starter-worthy players mm-hmm. in that draft as well, including a starting tight end. So there's going to be a steep price for whoever's sure. going to go for him as well. So to me, it all really hinges on the fact that if Aaron really wants to come back and what they can do with the contract. Because even right now, right, they don't do anything with the contract and they decide mutually it's in the best thing to get younger and go <coughs> with Jordan Love to see what they have with him. And because they would have a fifth-year option, you know, after that, move on, see what they can do. It really only makes sense, even in that scenario, to restructure that contract yeah. to make it worthwhile, right? But then if he's willing to do that, you could really free up a lot of space to bring weapons in the Green Bay. Either way, even if they move off of Rodgers, it's not a rebuild. Not, not There's not going to be any rebuilding because we took all the money we had, which was a little bit last offseason, and then we freed some up when we traded Devontae because he wanted mm-hmm. out. We took all that money and we invested it in our defense. And the defense regressed this year, which you can't have happen. Mm-hmm. You can't only address one side of the ball. Yeah. Yes, we drafted a couple of rookie wide receivers. I know that. And mm-hmm. they played good in the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. That's not addressing the offense. That's right, using right. the draft for what you're supposed to use it yep. for. Which, by the way, we had two first-round picks. We took two defensive players. Okay, We didn't take a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So it's still, when you invest everything on one side of the ball and that side regresses, Yeah. Okay, now you got a bigger problem going on. So either way, it's not going to be a rebuild. And I get the question mark because there's a lot of guys that Rodgers is close with on the team whose contracts are up. We've mm-hmm. heard about Alan Lazard and Tanya in the tight end. Bakhtiari, who's been a great left tackle when he's been healthy. The problem is the last two to three years, he hasn't really been able to be healthy. He deserved right. the contract he got, but now that's such a big cap hit. You know, you've got Aaron Jones, who's been a good running back, but now that cap hit is going to be massive next year mm-hmm. uh, because, again, we push the money to the future like a lot of other teams trying to get a win these last couple of years. So, and and I also get the part where, hey, you know, Aaron signed that contract last, last offseason. It was like it was a commitment for him and the team. Yeah. He's going to finish his career here. Nobody expected us to go 8-9 and miss the playoffs. So that is what is changing this whole scenario, okay. you know especially with that investment in the defense. But either way, if you move off of Aaron, you're going to free up some money, especially if he restructures the contract. Because even right now, if you trade him, you still have a massive dead cap money sitting there Mm. on your payroll for this year that's going to limit what you can do. But we would still go out, improve the offense around Jordan Love. And, you know, Christian Watson was one of the more exciting players the second half of the season once he had got going. You know, he had a, a four-game stretch where he scored eight touchdowns. 
Romeo Dobbs, when healthy, showed some flashes this year. So they've got a couple of young wide receivers they can work with. They need more than that. There's yeah. no doubt about it. The offensive line, you know, they did re-sign one of the guys who's a pro bowler during the season. So either way, it won't be a rebuild. It'll be kind of a retool. My My biggest thing is, does this coaching staff and this GM really want to roll that dice? Because if you move off of Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame quarterback, and, you know, and you roll the dice with love, and you have a crappy year next year. You're, the Green Bay will clean house. GM's gone, sure. coach is gone. You know Lafleur's luster is worn off. That's long gone now because now he's kind of a guy that's got the reputation of well, he can win a bunch of regular season games, but he can't win the game that counts. Right. Lost to the Lions with a playoff spot on the line. We can go over it. You know over the years, so that's kind of rubbed off a little bit. So. We're about to find out if the Packers do move off of him, just how good of a coach Lafleur is, mm-hmm. just how good of a GM Guttenkust is, to be able to improve this roster enough around Jordan Love to be back, at least in contention and and back into the playoffs at least next year. So, but is that a risk that Lafleur and Guttenkust want to really take this off season? I get it, you because you drafted Love and you kind of got to kind of see what you got. In sure, him. he sat for three years, right? Aaron sat for three years. The parallels are right there. The Jets went and hired Nathaniel Hackett, you know, our old mm-hmm. offensive coordinator who couldn't hack it with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Now the, the Jets will give it a try. Uh, but I was already reading today some Jets beat reporters that are saying no, they're not going to trade for him. You know, it sounds okay. like Derek Carr is, is maybe more the guy that they're going to try to go to. Plus. I'm Aaron Rodgers. Do I really want to follow the same path that Brett Favre did to guy before sure. me and get traded sure. to the Jets? You know, sure. I mean, yeah. it's just kind yeah. of a goofy thing, you know, with the way that A Rod thinks about things. But it, it, we'll see what he decides first. It seems like he's going to want to play football again next year. He's going to make a boatload of money, even if they restructure it. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of money out there for him, but. Right now, it, it this unlike the last couple off seasons, which I was a hundred percent he would be back in Green Bay. You know, I I thought that this doesn't really feel that way because of where they're at with love and the options and with the way we we failed to make the playoffs this year, kind of brings a lot of different things you know in, in into the mix. But for me, the biggest thing is still going to be there's not going to be a rebuild, so. If Aaron's willing to redo the contract and can free up a little bit of space, and maybe there's some goodwill there, maybe that includes, okay, we can bring Cobb back, his best friend again, for one more year at a really cheap price. Because Cobb was serviceable. If, if, if he's your number four wide receiver, sure. You yeah. know, if he's your number two or number three, though, no, not anymore. Probably not, yeah. You know, so... But some of those other guys, Lazard, we're going to have to move off of. We're not going to be able to pay him what he'll get in the free agent market. Tanyan as well. Um, so, you know, there'll be, there'll be some changes, but for me, my biggest thing is, does this GM and this head coach really want to take that risk of turning it over to Jordan Love? And look, if they're willing to trade Rodgers, they've seen enough of Jordan Love in practice where they feel good about him. You know, they wouldn't make the move if they felt Jordan Love wasn't ready to play. So Mm -hmm. it'll be, it'll be fascinating, um, as to where I think he's going to play. This is the first time in the last couple of off seasons where I can say I'm really not sure as of right now. You know, um, okay. you know, I still lean toward him coming back to Green Bay. Um, I just feel like it's going to be, I don't know, very 
tough for him that his last game in a Packers uniform was a home loss to the Lions with a playoff spot on the line, and his last pass was an interception right. in the fourth quarter of that game. But it's a business. There's a lot of other factors that are involved with it. And, you know, based on his comments there on the McAfee show, he's pretty happy with where he was at. He would understand if the team wants to do that. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, you know, have any ill will or anything like that. He understands the business side of it. So that's good. And if, and if that's what has to happen, um, you know, then, then that's, then that's what has to happen. But as of right now, I'm really not sure where yeah. number 12 plays next year. Again, there's only a couple teams. It, right. They're not going to trade him to the NFC if that becomes possible. So right. you're looking at maybe the Jets, Maybe the Raiders, but I don't think so because the Raiders sent us first and second round picks for Devontae Adams last year. So yeah, I don't yeah. know if they have enough juice to pull that trade off. Okay, and then where else would he go? A lot of people keep mentioning Tennessee. Tennessee doesn't have any wide receivers. They got, yeah, Trey Burks, who they drafted, was a rookie last year. Right. They traded A.J. Brown. Like, I get it. He'd have a running back there in, in, in Henry, but that defense is mediocre. It's not elite. So I don't, would he really want to go to Tennessee, a team that just failed to make the Tampa playoffs? Tampa Bay might as well? be looking for a quarterback. Yeah, but they already said they wouldn't trade him to the NFC. So yeah, that wouldn't happen. It yeah. would be an AFC team all the way. Um, and there's only so many teams. You know, right. there's only so many teams that that would that would work. The Colts are interesting. I've heard the Colts mentioned. Okay. That could be okay because they do have some talent there. Um, you know, it. But again, they're looking for a coach, so it's, it's just this will be fascinating. We'll keep an eye on it. But as of right now, Mikey, I'm like you, man. I I really don't know. I would say right now I have a sixty to sixty three percent feeling he's back in Green Bay. Interesting. So I I just you know you brought up something and I, and I kind of wanted to, to to look into it a little. Okay, bit sure. Yeah. You, you had talked about kind of the luster of Lafleur is kind of you know worn off a little bit there in in Green Bay and whatnot. And absolutely, it, yeah. It's, it it kind of lends to what I'm about to say. Sure. In that as good as Aaron Rodgers has been, or at least been been presented, you look at his resume. And it's not overly like well, he's only twelve and eleven in his career in the playoffs. Yeah, so I, you, you know, know in his record, in NFC yeah, the record in games, NFC championship games is not particularly good it's, either. It's, it's you know, so I mean, it, it kind of like what I was talking about with these like legacy franchises and these yeah. you know the, these kinds of things. You know, it, it's it's fascinating that you know somebody can hold so much sway. Despite the fact that you know it's not it, it, it's not overwhelming in one way you know in the win column yeah. for for somebody yeah it, it's, you know yes you, you know you bring up he's won four MVPs that's great yeah you know and that's awesome and that's an astounding resume that's going to get you into you know Canton and it's going to get you sure. you know all that kind of the Hall of Fame resume is there but you know comparatively speaking it, it's not an overwhelming resume. It's it's just fascinating, and and you know it's it's again that kind of situation where you know you you've got you've had success regular season success that every time he steps on that field, yeah, he has given you guys he's given the Packers an opportunity to win football games. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I just I just wanted to kind of go over that for well, that's for a great folks point, out there, right? and then and then the other thing too that I I wanted I kind of thought of too is that. You know, one Mr. Tom Brady. I mean, this is this is a guy that for 20 years 
you know, was the face of the Patriots franchise. Yeah, yeah. Six, overly successful, you know, widely considered to be the greatest of all time. Yeah. Patriots moved on from him, you know, and, and he and wanted he, out. He, yeah, and yeah, he and wanted and out. Yeah, and, and they, they let him happen. go. They yeah. made it happen. Yeah, he goes down to Tampa Bay, and yeah. what happened in Tampa Bay? Yeah. Right. So you know, there is a blueprint for some of these older guys that you know that had success with with storied franchises. Yeah. Granted, Tom Brady was a big part of what made the Patriots what they are. I mean, oh, between him course. and Bill yeah, Belichick, absolutely. it was very similar yeah. to you know yep. Jordan and Phil Jackson and the Bulls, yeah. right? Um, it's just it is fascinating, but there is that blueprint there to say, hey, look, and look, the pat. I mean, the Patriots last year and even this year, to some degree, you know, they were still they still have been a competitive team with Bill Belichick. Yeah, this yeah. last year was kind of a wash just because you didn't have an offensive coordinator. Mac Jones regressed, but was that because of him? Was that because of the lack of an offensive coordinator? Josh McDaniels isn't there anymore. Like, you know, what what exactly is it? There's a lot of things to be said for that, but you know they moved on. You know, it's just Mikey. It, it's a good point. It, it's and just it's it's, it's something, and, yeah. and you know, if you're that front office in in any one of those you know teams of of a dozen or so teams that could potentially yeah. be flirting with the idea of do we make this play? Do we try and trade? If you're the Packers front office and you're saying, hey, what do we do here? You know. It's just, it is one of those things, Chris, where, you know, I don't know if there is a right answer. And regardless right, of what yeah, you choose yeah. to do, whether it's to trade him or to keep him, there's going to be a contingent of fans that's not going to be happy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's just You're going to piss of, somebody off. There's not, that's that's 100% guaranteed, yeah. yep. But, um, so, uh, yeah, I, you know, look, I, I don't know what, what you guys do. Uh, it, it's going to be an interesting thing. And, again, but just the fact that you're even debating it and whatnot and it's not solidified in one way, shape, or form or that there's so uh, so much uncertainty, Yeah, that to me just gives you more reason to just move on from it so that way you can focus on what you need to do and not be beholden to one particular I, I and I, That's a great point. And, you know, for um, – you know, and as great as the last, okay, so for the last two seasons, this year the 2021 season where Rodgers won the MVP, they got the one seed, and then this past season, you know, bringing him back, the contract and everything, for all of this stuff going on, it's resulted in zero playoff wins. Right. So from that standpoint, if you decide to move off them, you can really make the argument, well, it's we zero, didn't win we with didn't them. Win. <laughs> Thing the last two years, so yeah. yeah, I mean, really, how much worse could it be? Type yeah. of thing. So, um, I, I totally see both sides. Yeah. And if we moved on from them, I would understand why. I, there's a part of me that wants. I think, like a lot of folks, and I think part of it is important to Rogers, but might be less important now after this past season is that being able to to end your career with one sure. team. You know, there's very few of the greats have been able to do that. Right. So that would be one thing. Aaron could, you know, hang his well, hat Well, I mean, on, look, he, he he could, for all we know, he could announce tomorrow that he's going to retire, and and he's going to retire a Packer, and that that's is it, it, right? Is. And then and all this is mute, and Adam Schefter off to find something else to do. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. But yeah. So we're going to take a quick segment break. We got one more NFL segment to go over. We're just going to talk about some of the coaching situations, and then we're going to jump over into some NBA stuff. So we're going to take a quick segment break. When we come back, that's how what we're going to hit up. 
Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast Season 3 premiere episode, of course, Sports Guy Chris and yep. my good friend Mikey. Oh, yeah. We uh, we took you through those championship games. We talked Aaron Rodgers, kind of broke down that interesting offseason ahead for him and the Packers. Now it's time to talk about the coaching carousel, which eh, it's still very much swinging, and, and yeah. we're trying to figure out who's going to land where. Uh, Mikey, there's been one official hiring yeah. so far. The Panthers went ahead and they brought Frank Wright in, the mm-hmm. former Colts coach that, that was dismissed midseason this past season. But, mm-hmm. you know, a guy that uh, that had a winning record for the Colts and then, you know, uh, was, I mean, a, a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator for the Eagles the last time the Eagles were in the Super Bowl. So feels like they went with him to finally try and fix those quarterback woes going down there in Carolina. But... Um, you know, your Cardinals are still sitting there, and, you know, looking for their coach and starting to heat up. The Texans seem to have their guy from the sounds of it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, dude, let's uh, let's dive in there. You know, I'd like to start with your Cardinals, yeah. um, of course. And okay. their job is open. What can you tell us about your Cardinals, Mikey, who they've been uh, interviewing, who's next up, and uh, who the favorite is at this point, at least, to land the job? Uh... I have no idea who the favorite is because as of today, there's been two more names that have popped up in the uh, coaching search that is uh, the Arizona Cardinals coaching search. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the, both the offensive and defensive coordinators uh, of or coordinator of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. So, you know, seemingly it was Brian Flores and Sean Payton seemed to be the two guys that were you know, the favorites to at least be the top two contenders. Sure. Brian Flores being the, the Vegas favorites to, to okay. get the job. Um, Sean Payton met with ownership and apparently was there all day and left with the owner and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. I, I um Hire Sean Payton. I'll make it easier oh, for make you. Out, make, hire Just Sean hire Payton. Sean Payton. Hire, yeah. You know, look, I, I think that uh, – the Cardinals, after letting <laughs> Kingsbury go on on Black Monday, you know, or even before Black Monday, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, they they made it. They said that they were going to take their time with this coaching search. That they weren't going to rush into anything. Which is good. They then they're do doing it the right way. Totally. So you know what? Look, if, if D'Amico Ryan's is not the man, and he's going down to Houston, um, you know, Frank interviewed for the job, and if yep. he's in fact, you know, now he's going to be the coach of the Panthers. Yep. I yep. mean, more power to him. Yeah. You know, they're doing their due diligence. I get it, Sean Payton. You would have to give up some capital in order to get him yeah. on your coaching staff and yep. make him your head yep. coach. That's if that wasn't the case, maybe it's a much easier decision, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, and and you know, you're doing your due diligence. The Cincinnati Bengals are just coming off of an AFC Championship uh, game, and yeah. you know, maybe you wanted to see how that played out before you you know wanted to interview right. these guys. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. Now these guys are not playing for a Super Bowl, so you know, maybe this is the opportunity to kind of jump on these guys. Yep. or one of the two of them. Sure. Um, you know, I, I I think that there's a lot of those kinds of things uh, at play here not to mention you know who's willing to step up and and say that they are they're on board with kyler murray being the quarterback yeah um you know especially you know when you think about the potential of them trading away uh d hop um you know yes there's other good receivers you got hollywood brown you got rondale moore uh you got robbie uh, anderson um you know Zach Ertz. You know you you've got offense yeah. there, James Conner. Yeah, um, you've got you've got 
Guys. But you're giving up a guy in D Hop that's you know arguably top five, top you know top ten certainly I know, would receiver agree he's still in the, the NFL. Top 10, yeah, when he's uh, healthy, you know, top ten. He, yeah. After coming back after his six game suspension, you know he he made a couple yeah, plays. Yeah, you're right. There oh yeah, were, he, he ended up being your guys' leading receiver despite missing plays. six yeah, games. Exactly. So I don't know. I think that there's a lot of things. And look, I, I'm now that we got our GM in place, all that kind of stuff. I'm yeah. happy that we're kind of taking our time with this. You know, yeah. I, I, you guys I, are doing it the right way. I Mike. think so. I, I I really do. You know, barring something where it's you know like the the Panthers or whatever. I mean, sometimes you just know right out the gate that this is your guy. And other times you gotta feel it out a little bit more, and you kind of have to see what that interview process looks like. And mm-hmm. I mean, look, I I I think that they're gonna pick. The best person, me personally, uh, yes, Sean Payton is the sexy name, so to speak. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I want somebody that can coach this, coach, and and get this team respectable, get this team so that Kyler Murray, um, coming off of his surgery and everything, that he's going to be on board. That's not going to require you know yeah. uh, uh, homework clauses and contracts and stuff like that, that that can we can hit the reset and we can be a competitive football team um, because we have a lot of really good pieces we get, you do they're just yeah. where we need that one guy that that coach that can come in here and put it all together for us and, yeah um, and the coaching staff that can put that all together for us so I'm okay with that um, you okay know, as far as the Cardinals are concerned I I Sean Payton's the sexy pick. I like Brian Flores. Um, you know, I, I think Brian Flores was really successful those couple years with the Dolphins. I yeah. mean, you know, he he did a lot. I mean, you know, you go back not obviously not this last year, but twenty twenty one. You know, they started whatever it was, you know, one in seven or something mm-hmm. like that, and then almost made the playoffs. Right, you know, they were in a position to almost make the playoffs. I thought he did. That was before Tyreek Hill, by right, the way. Right. So uh, I I I I think he did a lot of good things down there in Miami, mm-hmm. and would be a guy that would come in. And command that locker room and sure. everything. Being a defensive guy, you'd have to get that offensive coordinator higher right. Somebody that, to your point, can you know bring the reins in on mm-hmm. Kyler and and really get that focus there and and get that offense back to clicking mm-hmm. and, and taking advantage of all the weapons there and getting everybody working together and, and Kyler on board as well. Yes. So. Uh, and, and 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 don't forget about Brian Flores being on the coaching staff for the Pittsburgh Steelers this last season. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. A team yeah. that, you know, for at least a little bit there, it was questionable whether Mike Tomlin was still going to be, you know, have a winning record and still be, you know, never had a season where he was not a winning coach. And Brian Flores was a part of that coaching staff. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was... Uh, yep. So... And how and, about this, right? The Steelers, to your point... Started two and six. Mm-hmm. They finished nine and eight. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers both went eight and nine. They had a better record mm-hmm. than the freaking Tampa Bay and yeah. Green Bay with Mitch Trubisky yeah. and and you know Kenny Pickett yeah. getting seventeen concussions, unfortunately, this year. <laughs> right. As a revolving door at quarterback. Yeah. And they managed to go nine and eight. Yeah. In a division with two playoff teams, mind you, the Ravens and the Bengals. Right. I that I mean, if anybody's not convinced of how good of a coach Tomlin is or right. Flores for that matter, right. I go take a look at yeah. what they did this exactly. Last year. So I mean, I I think that there's a compelling case to be had. You know, same thing with the with the you know offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator for the Bengals. I mean, you know, this is back to back seasons now that they've been in an AFC Championship game. They've just been off of a Super Bowl. Those no are, one's tried yeah. to coach these guys uh-huh. yet as a head uh-huh. coach. So yeah. you know, if if you're that 
the Cardinals front office there, maybe you're really looking at this and saying, you know what, maybe before Joe Burrow wins that Super Bowl, yeah, you know, right. and, yeah, and yeah. these guys, these names become hotter names, so yeah. maybe we should try and, you know, pounce Snake a one little of these guys. bit yeah. and, uh, yep. and see what's up. So okay. I'm not opposed to that. Like I said, I'm just grateful that they're taking their time with this. Um, yeah, they, they're doing know, it they're, the right they're way. They're doing their due diligence and making sure that they, you know, they're not getting just the sexy pick, but they're getting the right pick. Most right. Important. All right. So that's all I've got. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, I don't have too much else either. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it, it, it'll be interesting, obviously, to see who lands who. You know, yeah. I thought the Broncos for sure might be the team that was able to lure Sean Payton, Sean Payton in, um, especially with those new owners and the deep pockets they have and everything there. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you would think between Arizona or Denver for sure, and and the those offenses, you know, the weapons they have, so to speak, that they'd be able to, you know, one of those two jobs would be like, yeah, okay, I would, I could go for one of those. But Sean Payton is in the position where he can do another year off and know yeah. that he's probably still going to be the hottest candidate come right. next off season. Yeah. So yeah. He can, he's in the position to pick and choose. And on top of that, to, to add on to that point though, too, is that maybe the coaches are not entirely sold on Russell Wilson still being a competitive quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And then right. for the Arizona Cardinals, you know what, despite all of the talented physical gifts that Kyler Murray has, is it between the years that okay, people are questioning yeah, yeah. and his commitment to And now to he's got an football. ACL recovery to come, Correct. To come back from. So, so. you know, I, I think that those are some things that, you know, might be hindering some of, you know, a Sean Payton or something like that from, from you know, really. maybe he, You're absolutely right. He can take a step back and be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to wait till I know I have a better situation or a better quarterback situation or what Maybe I'll wait for the Chargers to botch it again next year, and then I'll go and and be Justin Herbert. Right, exactly. Exactly. I mean, what? Herbert's already garnered some some Drew Brees comparisons. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Makes sense. There you go. Nice, All right. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. We'll have more, I'm sure, here in the upcoming uh, weeks regarding NFL coaching um, spots filling up. And we'll, we'll obviously touch on that. So we're going to take another segment break. When we come back, we're going to touch on the NBA, some foul calls that weren't, and um, you know, go in and, and check out uh, what's going on in the NBA. So we'll be back on the flip, guys. Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast Season 3 premiere episode here. Mikey and I, of course, have took you through all the ongoings in the NFL, those championship game recaps, Aaron Rodgers, coaching carousel. Mm -hmm. Now, my Mm -hmm. friend, we need to get to some NBA, and we will tip off with a horrendous missed call um, on your big Lakers-Celtics game from a couple nights ago. I don't even need to preface that anymore. Mikey? No. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, no. As a Lakers fan, yeah. I'm sure you are still seething from that one. But uh, how in 2023's yeah. NBA and the clout of a guy uh, like LeBron James and the Lakers franchise does that be a no call? How is this possible? How did that happen? You know what? I, we talked about this before we hit record. The we only, did. The, the only logical reason why it's three refs on the court missed this call 
They're buddies because, with Donahue and they had money on the Celtics? No. <laughs> because all three of them blinked at the exact same time. Oh, yes. Okay. That LeBron that, went all right. for yeah. the layup. Okay. And uh, Jason Tatum hit him on the, uh, yeah. the left arm there. Uh, no, yeah, no. That's the only explanation I can come <laughs> up with. I mean, even when you look at the under-the-basket replay and you have a bald-headed ref standing right there looking at the play, uh, there was no foul called, and and, and then then you had the the, the head ref uh, come out not even an hour after the game and say yes we missed one yeah uh, you know whatever but uh, it, that doesn't help uh, that doesn't that doesn't save the fact that you know you blew a call that with the game tied with less than five seconds left in the game and you would have sent LeBron to the free throw line uh, I get it. The NBA is notorious. Or NBA referees are notorious yeah. for swallowing whistles uh, at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, but this was something that there is, without a shadow of a doubt, was a foul. You, you could argue all, you know, until we're blue in the face back and forth about how many games come down to that final play and guys go into the paint and, you know, they try and get a layup um, and there's contact. Uh, or they shoot a three and they kick out the leg and they get contact or what have you, you know. And a lot of t- there's sometimes where if you've got three, four guys around, you know, it's kind of hard to say where yeah. the foul was or yeah. who committed. The f- there's all sorts of things. I get that. I totally understand. Watching basketball for 40 years, I get that. This was as egregious of a non call as I have ever seen. And. You know, the NBA and the referees, they talk about how they constantly strive to get it right. They, they you know, they, they do lots of things, to, you know, to, to make sure to ensure this. I mean, for a long time, they only had two refs in the game, and then they added a third right. ref to yeah. help with, yeah. the, you know, some of the calls and whatnot. Um, they've instituted replay. They've done all these kinds of things, although, funny enough, there was no replay on that because there was no foul called, so there was nothing that... Uh, <laughs> that even the Lakers could do to challenge that. Right. They couldn't challenge yeah. and say there was a foul called when there was no foul called, uh, nothing called to begin with. So, um, you know, nothing that the Lakers could have done in that situation. I, I don't care what Silver says. I, I don't care that, you know, we're all human and all this other kind of stuff. I mean, if it's a foul in the first five seconds of a game, it's a foul in the last five seconds of a game. Yeah. And, you know, again, there wasn't another player that was masking that to, to where you couldn't see contact. Yeah. It was pretty obvious. And in, in, in any angle that you looked at that, even watching that play live, it yeah. was obvious that there was contact made. And, and I think what was even what adds insult to injury is the play prior to that, which ended up being a, t- a, tie, a game tying situation. Um, it was, uh, I believe it was Pat Beverly that was got, that was called for a foul on Jalen Brown or it was Dennis Schroeder, one of the, one of our okay. guards. Yep. And, you know, apparently they supposedly made contact with Jalen Brown's head, sent him to the line for two free throws. And that was prior to that play. So, but yet there was minimal, if no contact at all. And there was no, at that point in time, the Lakers had already used their challenge. There was nothing that they yeah. could have done. Um, but there wasn't, even on that play, there wasn't as much contact as there was on that final play of the game, and it wasn't called. This game, I watched the entire game, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you what, Chris, there were, I don't know if I can remember a game. Now, granted, it's a lot of basketball games, but mm-hmm. I can't remember a time where there were so many late 
calls. Okay. Not just non-calls, yeah. but late whistles where the other team damn near had possession of the basketball and there was a foul called. Hmm. The play had resumed. It wasn't an immediate like, okay, that's a foul tweet and yeah, there it yeah, is. That's, We're that's talking like, you yeah. know, yeah. there's a, a, a half a second or so and then the whistle's called and then, you know. So there were, and look, I am all for getting the play right. I, yeah. I am all for instant replay. I'm all for coaches' challenges. I'm all for all of those things that the NBA has done to help get the game to where it's fair across the board, that they're making the right calls, et cetera, sure. et cetera. Um, but I, it is super tough when you have these late these late calls, these non-calls, these blatant non-calls, and then you have these two-minute reports that come out, and it's like, yeah, we missed one. Okay, cool, but that doesn't put that game from the loss column to the win column. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. So yeah. come playoff time, come you know yeah. playoff positioning, come play in tournament versus playoffs or non-playoffs yeah. or whatever, that don't mean diggly squat. No. So, I, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tough pill to swallow, it really is, especially when you've got, you know, arguably the best player of the last, you know, 20 years – you know, yeah. damn near. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, or at least the best, one of the best players, top five player yeah. in the last 15 years uh, that's, you know, going to the hoop and and, and doesn't get that foul call. Yeah. It, it, it's, t- it's a tough pill to swallow. It really, really is. And I just want to point out, too, kudos yeah. to Pat Beverly for getting the most hilarious <laughs> uh, technical foul absolutely. call in the history yes. of the NBA. <laughs> Taking a can, stealing a camera from a cameraman or camera woman, a camera person, taking it to the ref and showing him the foul, well, yeah. getting a technical. And look, I, I, beyond that, look, the, the Lakers, they went to overtime. They were up by seven. They could have won that game without, uh, excuse me, without that, that, that non call at the end of the game. Yeah, right. Could have won the game. Went to overtime. They got demolished in overtime. They they really didn't play very well at all in overtime. So you know, there's only Dude, so much I you wouldn't can either, do. To be honest with you, but at that point you're so deflated that you yeah. missed that call. And there was even yeah. some bad you know missed calls and some stuff in the in the in the overtime too that just was tough. It was really tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, and in the interest of 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 some resemblance of of of. Um, not being 100% biased towards the Lakers, but um, there is a reporter, Ben Rohrbach. Uh, he reviewed the Lakers' last two-minute reports uh, for the year, and there have been 34 incorrect calls or non-calls in the final two minutes of 19 close games that the Lakers have had. 21 of those uh, uh, incorrect calls went in favor of the Lakers, so only okay. 13 went against the Lakers. Okay. But as you and I were talking about before we hit record, yeah. we were kind of running down yeah. this episode today. Of those, you know, of those, thir- you know, nineteen close games and thirty-four incorrect calls, how many of them existed at the two-minute mark versus the five-second mark uh, of of the yeah. last two minutes? And how many of those games were tied resulted, versus correct. you know correct. four or five-point games? Because yeah. I mean, hell, that, they still released a two-minute report. I mean, yes, exactly, close minutes, close games. So were they? They're probably within five points of each other by yeah. definition of a close game. Uh, but how? But that's two minutes. A lot can happen in two minutes. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, yeah, man. I, I, I just it. It's a tough and it, 
and against Boston, that's what sucks. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're talking dude. about the top team in the East and the yeah. Lakers for the vast majority of the game, despite poor, you know, poor refereeing. Yeah, were in a position to win that game. Yeah, um, and uh, you know that would have been a huge victory for the Lakers, not just against the Celtics, but just in terms of a morale booster. We're we're on yeah. a, a five game road trip. Yeah, uh, it, it would have been huge to get that W and, and totally. get some momentum. Yeah. We got Brooklyn tonight, so you know, another big one. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, it just it was just a tough call all the way around. It was a tough call. Um, you know, look, I and I think I text you this, or it, you know, I <laughs> since basically the '90s, I've always thought that the NBA has had by far the worst officiating out of any of the major sports. Um, you know, so does it surprise me? It, yes it still does because very rarely do you see a missed call like that that can yeah. impact a game again with a player the stature of lebron yeah. and so on and so forth you know look into your point about if it's a foul in the first five minutes it should be a foul in the last five minutes and where mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. get upset whether it's baseball um you know football or basketball is when the officiating isn't consistent yes you know hey if one ump has a strike zone that he's calling everything low, but he's called that since the first inning on for both teams. Mm-hmm. Hey, whatever, who cares? Right. You adjust, the pitchers adjust, the hitters adjust. Exactly. Right? Where you get pissed off is now it's the eighth inning and all of a sudden those are balls and not strikes anymore. Yeah. Now you're going, well, what the hell, buddy? Or in football, there's some crews that'll let guys play a little bit. They're a right. little more physical with mm-hmm. the wide receivers mm-hmm. and everything. You're letting guys play and everything. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, now let's pass interference. Mm-hmm. What the hell? It wasn't pass interference yeah. in the first quarter. Yeah. So to your point, you have officiating crew, you know, in a in an NBA game that's maybe letting guys be a little bit more physical through the game, not calling tic tac fouls, and then all of a sudden the last five minutes of the game everything's a foul. Yeah. Or vice versa, right? right? One of the bigger things that that not only the missed call, Mikey, but I went and took a look. The, the the Celtics shot 39 free throws, and you guys shot 20. Yeah. All I mean, that's two to one. One free throw shy of two to one. And you couldn't even get those last two on probably the most blatant foul of the entire game. Right. Look, it's not a good look for the NBA. It's not at all. I right. don't care about guys being human and everything like that. Yeah, of course, you're going to miss some calls. But there is no excuse to miss a call like that at the right. end of a game that's that important. Yeah. You know, whether it's LeBron whether it's Dennis Schroeder driving the lane, right. whether it's the Celtics' 12th guy off the bench in a reverse roll of that situation, the guy went up for a game-winning shot and was clearly hacked on the arm. Mm-hmm. Your referee under the basket, mm-hmm. if you're not looking at... I don't know what you're looking at. Like right. That's what you're looking for, right. is to make sure there isn't contact on yeah. that shot. That's yeah. your one thing. Yeah, You don't have to care about any of the yeah. other stuff that's going on. It's kind of like, yeah. okay, what were you doing there, right? Yeah. I mean, so... I don't know. I the excuses. I don't think anybody wants to hear it. What I think we want to see is we want to see it get better once and for yeah. all. I'm with you for all the changes and everything like that that they've implemented. At the end of the day, you want to get the call right, you right. know. And that's why I think baseball being able to review whether it was a home run or not, you know, fair yeah. foul ball pull, whether it actually went over the fence. You want to get the calls right yeah. at the end of the day. So I don't have a problem with that. But it's just it's really just mind boggling for that to happen. Yeah. You know, it really, really is. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, later down the road, maybe not necessarily after this season, but later down the road, you know, I mean, and, and Van Gundy was talking about this during the, the, the game yesterday, 
you know, that if teams are successful in winning challenges, that they should be able to keep their challenge. I think so. Uh, yeah. I mean, up to a point. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't yeah. have an unlimited challenge. Right. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. you know, everything is every a challenge. That's you know, called. and now right. a, a two, yeah. you know, two and a half hour basketball game is is the length of a football game. Yeah, and right. It's four yeah. hours long. Yeah, but, right. You know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it, it, so that I think that's one thing that I, I agree with. If you if you lose your challenge, you lose your you know, if you okay. lose the challenge, yeah. you lose the challenge, yeah. and you don't get another like one. Like in but, football. You know, if you are successful in your challenge, yeah, you you get to keep it. Get, keep um, it. Yep. The other thing is, I, I think that you know, much like a lot of things are reviewable, um, you know, in the final seconds of an NBA game or the final seconds of a quarter and all that kind of stuff, just to make sure you know, did that shot go in? You know, all those kind of things. I, I mean, I I think the same should apply to this. I, I think you know, especially when there's contact made. The refs should have or teams should have the ability to to challenge or to go back and look at that yes. and say, yes, there was unnecessary contact. There was, you know, uh, a foul committed and we're going to reward. Yes, because at the end of the day, to your point, you want to get the call right. You want to get the call right. And, and it's you, not going to happen a lot. Yeah, but when it right. does happen, whether you're on the receiving yeah. end, if you're on the winning side of that or the losing side yeah. of that, at least you want it called correctly. And that way it gives your team a chance to win. Because, again, like you said, role reversal. If that was Jason Tatum on the other side and LeBron James got away with that. Yeah. If you're the Boston Celtics, the conversation we're having today is that why that was a foul. That yeah, was, right. you know, yeah, we should yeah. have gotten the call right. Exactly. So whether you're West Coast, East Coast, uh, uh, whatever, like, doesn't matter. It's just you want that call correct. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it just... It makes it. It just makes it tough, especially when you when you have the ref crew come out. And I and I, I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the fact yeah, that they did in fact know, say that, we yeah. botched it. We blew yeah. that one. Yeah. I, I I appreciate that honesty because a lot of times these yeah. refs go and they they go to right. their locker rooms yeah. or whatever. And yeah, and that's it. The yeah. the NBA comes out and says, yeah, we missed one. Right. Very rarely do you see the head referee for that game or whatever come yeah. out and say, yeah, we missed one. Yeah. Very rarely. So I will give, I think uh, Lewis was his last name. Very rarely do you give, do you have referees that do that. So I, I will at least give credit to that. LeBron and Jason Tatum had a really good back and forth over social media. LeBron uh, said nice block. Jason Tatum on that final play. And Jason Tatum said, you know, I my, I, my memory is fuzzy, something like that. I don't recall anything. Um, you know, and, and but again, it, it's just... It sucks, man, because you hate to lose that way. I would have rather, I would have felt better if they called that foul. LeBron went, missed two free throws. Yeah, right. And then we went to you overtime. Know, at least, at least yeah, it would have right. been the yeah. right call. Yeah, they would have yeah. had the chance. And at that point, you're yeah. not, you know, the whole point idea of swallowing your whistles with the last, you know, with the game on the line in the last five seconds or whatever, and you don't call anything. You know, just because you don't want to appear that you influence the game. Well, guess what? You, by not doing anything, you're also doing the same exact thing that you're claiming you're trying to prevent. Yeah. But in this situation, you're not deciding anything. You're calling a blatant foul. LeBron's the one that decides this. Yeah. He makes those. He makes one of those two free throws or both of those free throws. There's 0.5 seconds on the clock, whatever it is. Okay, cool. Then Boston has to do something. Like you're not deciding anything. I don't. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know. 
if you're if you're Darvin Ham, you've been trying to to change the culture in the yeah. Lakers. You've been trying to do all these things, get these guys playing hard, get them t- playing together, et cetera, et cetera. And you have a very hard fought game, and then it comes down to this. And again, we lost in an overtime, so it's yeah. not like the Lakers didn't have their chances. They blew it. Uh, guys didn't come up and step up and play, but you know, LeBron did. He did forty some odd points, whatever it was. I mean, he, he showed up, but um, you know, yeah, he did. He just, played uh, good. Yeah. yeah, he played very well. So you know, it, but hey, uh, I I feel for you, uh, <laughs> Lakers fans. So you know this. Uh, I I'll give you a very quick story, but yeah, you know yeah. this. <laughs> going back twenty years, so Mikey, my senior year, mm. uh, high school basketball. Okay. We were not good. We were okay. terrible. Uh, we were winless going into a home game against one of our conference rivals, Ryo, right? Okay. We're down uh, two points in the closing seconds of the game. I, I played point, brought the ball up the court, okay. swung it over to a guy named Matt Jansma, was one of our guards, hits a three. Okay. Less than 10 seconds to go to put us up by one. Ryo inbounds, dribbles the ball to half court, calls timeout, three seconds left on the clock. Okay. And we go to our huddles. We come out of the huddle. And they changed the score and said it was a two-point shot and made it a tie game. What? Right. We haven't won a game. This is 20 years ago. There's no video replay. Sure. So during the timeouts, they decided to change it to a two. Which, by the way, it was against the high school rules because oh. once the ball was inbounded mm-hmm. and then forwarded, you no longer can do that because oh. a new play has now taken place. Yeah. You can't go back and change the yeah, outcome. Yeah, yeah. Had they called timeout immediately, you could have still done that. But okay. the ball had been brought in and brought okay. up to half court. Time came off the clock, right? Okay. So we're coming back out to play defense for the last three seconds. And all of a sudden, we're, the game's tied. And we're all confused. Our coach is going nuts. Like, what, what's sure. going on? Wants an explanation, right? Yeah. So long story short, they we they miss you know the, the, the last second gasp on their side. So we go to overtime. Okay. Call goes against us. Right away in overtime, and similar to you know, I mean, nobody grabbed a camera, but it was out of frustration. I threw the ball into the band section and got a technical foul, and we went on to lose that game after a poor overtime showing. But the point was, for a team that hadn't won a game, literally thought they had just won a game, yeah. And our gym was packed because we knew this was our probably our best chance to win a game that year, and we we felt. Obviously, that that one was taken cheated, away from yeah. us. I've never seen three refs run out of a high school gym so quickly at the end of a final buzzer. They were gone. They yeah. were gone. Somebody held open the little side door of the gym, not even back to the showers or anything. They were out and they were gone. So I can relate, dude. There's my little story. Okay. Nobody cares about 20-year-old high school basketball. No, but that, but yeah, here's my little story, right? You have to hear that one to believe there it. There was no explanation given. No as to explanation. Why. They, his foot was on the line. I, but from how, who? How, who told you they, that? They, Where did that they come have from? called that right then and there. Because all of them gave the three signal so as somebody. the shot was hit. So it's kind of like, okay, where yeah. did that come from? Wow. Right? That's terrible. All right. Well, 
there you go, guys. Uh, there is our take on some blown calls, both <laughs> in professional NBA basketball as well as um, you Wisconsin, know, Wisconsin high school high basketball. basketball. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, touch on a little bit of conference uh, action and going going through the conferences and seeing what's going on so far in the NBA. And our trade deadline's coming up. So we're awesome. going to switch it back up. NBA on the flip. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards podcast season three premiere spectacular here. Continuing on, Mikey, we yep. uh, we talked a little bit of blown call there with your uh, Lakers and the Celtics the other night, but we've got some other NBA stuff to touch on in particular, yeah. you know, how the standings look, you yeah. know, all-star teams and uh, trade deadlines and so on, <clears throat> which of course your Lakers made a trade uh, yes, since the did. last time we uh, we talked. Yeah, but, uh, they did. You know, uh, what can you tell us about that trade, how you feel about it as a Lakers fan, and uh, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's... Um, I, I I was happy to, to see that the Lakers did make a deal, uh, they traded yeah. uh, Kendrick Nunn and three okay. second round picks to the Washington Wizards for Rui Hachimura um, out of Gonzaga, mm-hmm. uh, a player that had been off and on in uh, trade rumors uh, for a couple weeks prior to the deal going down, although the Lakers were never mentioned yeah, as a potential uh, trade yeah, destination Yeah, they for came him. out of nowhere. Kind so, of, so, you know, scrolling through Instagram and all of a sudden it was like, oh, guess what? Lakers traded for Hachimura. What? What? Okay. Um, Look, Kendrick Nunn was, you know, he's kind of on the, the odd man out anyway. You know, yeah. we, between Pat Beverly, Dennis Schroeder, and and Russell Westbrook, Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker, you know, the fourth. Wasn't a whole lot of minutes. Kendrick yeah. Nunn was playing garbage time to begin with. So, you, you know, and he was playing well when he did play. He True. just wasn't yeah. getting a whole hell of a lot. So right. it made sense. Uh, didn't yep. give up the first round picks that yep. we've been, you know, we, we still have, maintain. Um, you know, look, it's a trade in the margins. It's something that, you know, Hachimura is a potential, he's a restricted free agent. Okay. Uh, you know, by all accounts, the Lakers have every intention of re-signing him because one of the things allegedly going into the season and reason why we didn't trade, you know, Westbrook yet or all this Mm -hmm. and that, whatever, Mm -hmm. is because we wanted to maintain, um, cap flexibility, uh, uh, salary cap flexibility going into this next summer. This hinders that a little bit just because of the fact that, you know, Hachimura is a, a restricted free right, agent. We yeah. can match anything. Think, we can right. sign him outright. Okay. You know, we can whatever. Um, or we just can decline to match his offer sheet and let him walk if he okay. doesn't play right, to what we're right. wanting. Um, by all accounts so far, it's been, you know, pretty good for the Lakers. He's played relatively well. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's still learning our defensive schemes. He's still kind of learning on the offensive end. Sure. Phil Handy really likes him. Okay. Um, you know, it's talked about, it mentioned that uh, he reminds him a little bit of Kawhi Leonard. I think that's probably a bit of a stretch. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, look, I, I, I like this trade. I think that, you know, he's a serviceable player, especially when you consider the fact that he can play kind of, in the current NBA, he can play both forward spots. Um, so I, I think from that perspective with Anthony Davis and, you know, his, his on again, off again health, it's nice to have another player that could go in there and put the ball in the hole. Uh, I think he has some things to work on defensively. 
Um, but I like this move. And whether or not this is a signal of things to come, I don't know. Um, but the Lakers did make a move. But this also has the fingerprints of a Rob Polinka type move. This is one of those things where, you know, all season long going into the, even the summer, Chris. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. it's been like, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that we're in contention for a championship because that's what we play for here in L.A. is championships, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So the Laker fans, the Laker fan base, Laker Nation has been clamoring for the Lakers to do something at some point <laughs> right, in the season. And so it was like. Yeah, what the hell? Let's throw some stuff at the wall and see what sticks just to we can get a player and we can show that we're trying to get younger. We're trying to, you know, compete. Um, you know, but look, I, I think sometimes there's a lot of good foundational type things that the Lakers have. Um, you know, Pat Beverly started to really come around um, in terms of his defensive intensity, his scoring, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, he's often been listed as a player that the Lakers would look at trading just okay. because of his salary and making salaries match and that yeah, kind I can of a see thing. That. Yeah. Um, and he's a, the type of player that 29 other NBA teams would love to have on their roster. Yeah, right. Um, just from a leadership perspective, from a, you know, defensive perspective, uh, he's that kind of voice that you want in the locker room and on the court sure. and in the huddles uh, and the timeouts there. So, you know, but... Yes, I, I like it just from a standpoint to a little bit of, of gives us a little bit of youth. Um, I, I don't know how much this moves the needle for us in terms of the win losses. Yeah. Um, again, I, I like I said, I think this is a move that Rob Palinka in the front office makes just to show that we're looking at making a deal. Um, you know, does this appease LeBron? I don't think so. Um, right, yeah. But yeah. again, you know, I think we do have those foundational pieces. Thomas Bryant's played very well. Anthony Davis, he's coming back from his injury. He's right. been coming in Working off the bench, back, but he right? has been playing well. Um, you know, provided those things can stay, uh, I, I think the Lakers have a chance to kind of move up these standings. We got to get, you know, some calls going our way. We got to win some of these games. Uh, we can't have these defensive lapses or or these offensive lapses that we've had. Um, but I like it. And and look, there, there's other players that we had out there. But I'm sorry to say, Laker Nation, don't get your hopes up for a big time star. Don't don't get your hopes up for you know these this big blockbuster trade. Gotta get your heads out of your damn asses and out of the clouds. And, uh, you know, come back down to earth. I, I mean, you need role players. Yes. Star players yes. win. And we guess what, Laker fans? We've got two of them. Yeah. And Anthony yeah. Davis and LeBron yes. James. Yeah. We don't it. need a whole hell of a lot else. I, I mean, you look at the Memphis Grizzlies. You, you, you look yeah. at some of these oh, other yeah. teams, and there are teams that don't have – the Denver Nuggets are currently the top team in the Western Conference. Outside of Jamal Murray and, you know, uh, uh, Joker, what other stars are on that team? Yeah, good point. I mean, yeah. yes, you have yeah. Michael Porter Jr., who's hurt. And you have uh, Aaron Gordon. Not really a star. No, those are but, but you have stars. guys that know what their roles are. you got to yes. understand this, people. Like It's players. not yes. about necessarily stars. It's great to have that. But ask... The 2000 Trailblazers, how well it is, you know, how good yeah. the goings are when you've got a buttload of, of star players, uh, some of them in name only, uh, right. on your yeah, roster. Yeah, yeah. It just yeah, doesn't work out yeah. that way. So, you know, 
this is what happens in the NBA. And yes, I don't necessarily like our front office. I think that we have things that we need to work on in yeah. the front office in terms of resetting our expectations, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. But look, Darvin Ham has this team playing well. Who knew that Westbrook would not only accept his role coming in off the bench for Darvin Ham, really but then really yeah. flourish in it. Yeah, totally. He's he's leading the league with four or five triple doubles off the bench this season, only adding to his total of triple doubles in his career as the all time triple double leader. Impressive. Um, stuff. You know, he's probably the front runner for six man of the year. Sure. Whether he's on the roster at the end of the season remains to be seen. Yeah, but the fact right. of the matter is, is that he has him playing well. Yep. You know, guys are were still banged up a little bit. Lonnie Walker just came back. Austin Reeves is a few games from coming back. Like, just hold your horses on all this talk. We need to trade for this guy. We need to trade for that yeah, guy. Get rid yeah. of all this roster. Get yeah. man, you guys shut up. Just 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 <laughs> give it a rest already. And Rob Palenka, Kurt Rambis, if you're listening, probably aren't, but if you are, just give it a rest too. Like, yeah, right. you, know, yeah, um, yeah. You, you know, let these guys kind of do their thing. And please, for the love of God, I've read some rumors out there about Austin Reeves being involved. Do not trade Austin Reeves. You already let Alex Caruso go. Yeah. Do not, yeah, yeah. do not let Austin Reeves go. <laughs> go all whatever right. you do <laughs> yeah. that's all i got about that chris what are your thoughts do you have anything from uh, the outsider's I, perspective um like, what have just you like you i was very surprised uh with the trade because again i didn't see it coming you know there had been nothing mentioned for that but i like it you know uh hachimura was a great as he pointed out yep. he was great in gonzaga i yep. liked i liked what i saw you know from him there he's one of those guys like you said that is versatile in today's NBA, can play either of those forward positions, which is a coveted thing. Mm-hmm. And he's just he's just starting to really find his his you know his groove and starting to progress in this league. So the potential is all there. Yeah. All of the ceiling has not been reached yet. It's mm-hmm. very much mm-hmm. still there. Um and now you get the chance to see what he can do. With a couple of superstars, obviously, LeBron, uh, you know, AD, and then uh, Westbrook as well. But, you know, you come from the Wizards, who haven't had a lot going on the last couple years. You know, Bradley Beal is a good player. Maybe not a superstar, but a good player. Yeah. Was hurt the majority of last year. So, you know, coming over now... Um, I'm excited to see what he can do. I thought it was a great move for you guys to go young and get a guy that was young. Um, and then a guy, like you said, that, that is versatile, that can fit some different roles. I liked him a lot, Gonzaga. I think he's got a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. So I like the move. The fact he didn't have to give up one of those first-round picks that are being very highly valued by the Lakers, even though they're yep. 17 years in the future, yep. exaggerating slightly there. Yep. But, you know, whatever. You dump some second-rounders, I like the move. I yep. thought it was a good move. Like you said, now just chill and, and and stay there because as we're about to talk about, those standings are so just gooped and compacted. Everybody's right together. What was together. that, gooped? Gooped and gooped? compacted. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. They're just, just a big pile of goop mm-hmm. in the middle mm-hmm. of the Western Conference. That, okay. That's I what like, I see okay. there. Yeah. A couple of good teams that are kind of distancing themselves. Sure. And then a lot of goop. Yeah, a lot um, of goop. All right, I like I mean, it. you know, my point being, yeah. you got the Kings sitting there right. at, in third. and. Yeah. I give them all the credit in the world, but they're only 27 and 21, right? You know, five games better than the Lakers right now. And I, like I, I said to you before we hit record, 
could the Lakers go on a five-game win streak at some point and the Kings go on a five-game losing streak? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's very yeah. realistic. So, um, and that's what's separating you from the three spot. Not right. the play-in, not the eight, the three spot. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, let AD get healthy. Yeah. You know, let Hachimura get, get in there, get mm-hmm. his footing, learn your system. And like you said, you know, I, I, with the way some of the other guys, Pat Beverly's defense is coming on, get some calls to go your way finally. And, and you know what? They'll be just fine. Yeah. You know, I still think by the time it's all said and done, you guys will definitely be in the play-in tournament. A couple of those teams are going to keep falling back. But right now I think it's like, what, the, the Timberwolves are in the fifth spot and they're, what, one or 20, two games over 500? 27 and 25. I, I mean, the Clippers are 28 and 25 and they're in the fourth spot. Yeah. So uh, there's you, you're a three-game mm-hmm. win streak away from possibly being in the seven or eight spot, yeah. you know. Um, so I, I think they're fine. I like the trade. Because uh, you didn't have to give up any first rounders, and you didn't really have to give up any of the, you know, an Austin Reeves kind of guy right. that you were talking about, yeah. like the trade. Yeah, I think it'll work out for you guys in the end. Well, I mean, you know, just to add it onto it, dude. Like, it, it's amazing to me because people are like, well, why? If they made this trade with the Washington Wizards, why didn't they just trade for Bradley Beal? Okay, Bradley Beal just signed an extension with the Wizards. He's making a buttload of money. He's hurt a lot of the time. Like, yeah, why I don't. I get it. I like Bradley Beal as a player. When he's healthy, he's a good player. Yeah, me too. He's a great player. Yeah. But kind of like Pau Gasol, and I've used this example quite a bit over the years, even before the podcast ever became a thing. But like sometimes you get players on teams where they're so thirsty for a star player to promote. Every team needs a player to promote. So the best player on the team gets promoted as that team's all-star, right? As that team's Completely, superstar. yeah. Pau Gasol, amazing player coming out of Spain, right? Gets drafted yeah. by Memphis, you know, and whatnot, and, and plays down there, and plays well. He's an all-star, you sure. know, he, yeah, he, he yeah. does these things or whatever. But it wasn't until he became second fiddle, no offense, but he until it wasn't until he became the 1B option to Kobe's 1A. yeah. Did you really saw his talent as a basketball player? Yeah, right. He didn't yeah. have he he didn't reach yeah. that level of success in the postseason until he joined the right. Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Bradley Beal's that same type of situation, right? Like now you don't have John Wall. Kyle Kuzma is kind of this default superstar player there in Washington, right? And and that's mostly because Bradley Beal's hurt most of the time, right? So, again, you know, yes, for all, as good as Bradley Beal is, Laker fans, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> it didn't happen. Yeah, that wasn't and then on top happen. of that, yeah. we, we would have given up so, our cap space going into Those next season. Those coveted first round picks. Never, yeah, it would have never, never You guys are knuckleheads. Yeah. I get it. Like, you know, I'm a basketball fan, you know, whatever else. Well, you know what? Hey, uh, comes along with that is, you know, at least understanding some of the basics of right. of, of how that works. <laughs> Not just, I want that guy, yeah. so the Lakers should go and get him. It doesn't work that way. People. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, no, that that's all I have to say. Uh, we're going to take one more segment break. When we come back, we're going to break down these this goop of, a, of standings that Chris is talking about <laughs> here. And um, yeah, so we'll see you in just a bit. Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards podcast, season three premiere. Moving right along, Mikey and I have 
took you through some of the ongoings with the Lakers here. No calls, trades, and so forth. Now we're going to take a quick peek here at the standings before we wrap a shiny bow here on our Season 3 premiere. Mikey, as we take a yep. look at these standings, what sticks out to you the most so far as we are you know, quickly approaching the All-Star break here? Yeah, you know, um, it, there's... It, like you said, you know, and I think your word uh, sums it up pretty well. It, there's a bunch of, there's a goop. It's just, a, it's just a large mass of, of teams, and you know, you, you do have there is quite a bit of disparity between the number one teams in both conferences and the fifteenth teams in the conferences. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, I mean, you're you're talking about essentially, you know, completely flip flopped records in the win loss column. Yeah. But you know, once you start getting one through thirteen in both conferences, you know, you're not you're looking at not a lot of separation between the teams. Yeah. Uh, it's you know, really amazing. it's really really quite fascinating. I mean, the the Golden. If you look at the Western Conference. Dude, the the Golden State Warriors are twenty five and twenty four. They're eight and a half games out of the number one seed. But then you go all the way down to the OKC Thunder, who you know Shy Gilgis Alexander is playing incredibly well. They're twenty four and twenty five. They're nine and a half games back of the number one seed in the Western Conference. So they're only one full game back of the number six seed, Golden State Warriors. Wow, and that's from six to eleven. That's six on, to eleven. Yeah, so wow. there one game. is one right, game exactly. So it is. It, it it's it's completely just. This is what the league wanted. It, it, this is what they've wanted. They've wanted parity. They've wanted yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we've talked about this in in season two. Uh, you know where. Any given night, one of these teams is going to go out there and and lose. There's not one yeah. team. Yes, there's a little bit of separation going on, but even then, you know, there's five, six games separating the this the Denver Nuggets from the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So I, you know, I mean, kudos to Mike Brown and the coaching staff and you know all those guys. But oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, you you look at your Eastern Conference, right? I mean, you know, the Boston Celtics, cheaters, but thirty six <laughs> and fifteen at the number one seed. Yeah. The Philadelphia 76ers have won seven games in a row. They've been on a tear as of yeah, late. They, have. they were yeah. outside of the top ten they here just a few were. weeks ago. Yeah. You know, and they're only two and a half games out. Your Milwaukee Bucks are thirty-three and seventeen, two and a half games out from yep. the Boston Celtics. Yep. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets, who have had a tumultuous beginning yep. of the season, you know, letting go of Steve Nash, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving, this, that, and whatever, and all this sorts of stuff. They're sitting at fourth. They are, you know, uh, they're playing better basketball. In fact, they're playing the Lakers right now yeah. as we yes, speak. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Thirty and nineteen are the Brooklyn Nets. So I, the Knicks, they're back. They're playing much better. Yeah, they're playing better, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jalen the seventh spot right now. Yeah, Julius Randle. Right, but right there, you know, not far from the six exactly. or even the five spot. Exactly. So, uh-huh. so God only knows, um, this is where it's going to be very interesting. And, and I, this is where I think, unlike seasons past, this is where we could really get into, Chris, mm-hmm. a pretty interesting trade deadline. Yeah, right? Night, yeah. As well as... Waiver time post yeah, trade deadline when yeah, guys when point. teams start yeah. looking at guys yeah. that they can waive yeah. that they can stretch out yeah. salaries and then they can mm-hmm. go and sign with other mm-hmm. teams veteran guys that could be on the the Hornets or the Pistons or some of these sure. other lower tiered teams yeah. yep. that potentially can end up with contending teams or playoff teams and see what happens it'll be interesting to see a team like the Chicago Bulls 
a team that for the last month or so has been rumored to like, hey, are we going to blow this thing up or right. are, are we, we going to try? Gonna... Are we buyers or sellers <laughs> at the right. deadline? They're yeah. sitting at number 10. So, right. you know, your, your Pacers, your Raptors, OG Ananobi has been rumored in trade uh, uh, rumors here in the last yeah. week. Uh, yeah. Are they buyers or sellers? Uh, you know, you're, you've been talking about this a lot this season. You know, the Utah Jazz, for a brief moment there, were the number one team in the Western yes. Conference. Yeah. They're currently sitting at number 10 at 26 and 26. They've got some veteran guys. What are mm-hmm. they going to do? Uh-huh. There's a lot of interesting things going on right here, right now, that, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be interested very, I'm going to be looking at very closely here in the upcoming, you know, week and a half. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, to see where 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 this takes us, and then that'll really give an idea of who thinks that they have what it takes to 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 make the playoffs and possibly right. be in contention. Run. Yeah, and who is going to get into the uh, the the Frenchie st- sweepstakes? And, yeah, and put right. It all yeah. in to try and yeah. get that number one seed and uh, yeah. have ping yep. pong balls drop their way. Yeah, good points, Mikey. Um, I love it because it's setting up for a lot of meaningful games in the second half of the mm, season, mm-hmm, and, I'll, mm-hmm. and hopefully a lot less of well, we're gonna give you know these three guys the night off for load maintenance and other yeah. things. You're, you're gonna start getting to the point where you're not gonna be able to afford to do that because a loss could literally drop you seven spots in the <laughs> yeah, standings. Right. So um, you know maybe guys that are load managing a lot will will have to actually play a little bit more, but. Here's looking at you, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a lot more meaningful basketball the last couple months of the regular season, which I really like. Yeah. A lot more games that are going to have bigger impacts. Mm -hmm. So um, that's great. That that is great for the NBA. It's a better product. Yep. You get rid of teams tanking and so on. Really, Mm -hmm. you got maybe about three, four tops right now, teams that are going to be buying for that number one pick. Everybody else right now is trying to figure out, hey, can we actually make the playoffs, to your point? Uh, so I like it. And then, like you said, it's going to shape up for a really fascinating trade deadline. There could be a lot of movement. There could be not much movement at all. It'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens. So I love it. I think it's going to make, like I said, just for some great, you know, competitive, compelling yes. basketball down the stretch in a lot of cases where maybe in years past, a lot of those games wouldn't be as nearly as important. Yeah. Now they really are. So again, Kudos to the league for sticking with the play-in tournament as well, because it's literally keeping, um, you know, like 85, 90 percent of the teams in the mix this year. Yes, I love absolutely. It. I, I, love I agree with you 100. Yeah. percent um, Yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be fascinating to watch, and um, you know, it, it'll come trade deadline, All Star break. You know, it, are we going to have a favorite? Is there going to be a team that's going right, to, you know, right. I mean, you've already had multiple teams jockeying for the number one seed in both conferences. Right, so right. this isn't conference specific No, no, either, and nobody's like really took the reins as they're the best team. Yeah. This year. You yeah, know, there's exactly. no Phoenix Suns, no Utah Jazz yeah. that, that, you know, yeah. we were the definitive one seed yep, and we're exactly. kind of running away with it. Exactly. Not this year. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. So, um, you know what? Hey, dude, this has been a fantastic season three episode oh, yeah, one extravaganza. Man, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, I uh, I'm thoroughly looking, enjoyed it, my friend. I am yes. looking forward to seeing what this season brings for us. Absolutely. Um, we're going to wrap that up here, guys, on this season three episode one extravaganza. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram at Balls and Beards Podcast. 
um, share us, you know, put us on your stories, do all that kind of stuff. If you like what you hear, tell all your friends, all that fun, happy stuff. Yes, please. Um, Thank you. you know, and um, we're on Patreon. I mean, you know, if you're listening to us, let people know too that you know we're on just about all the listening platforms. Yeah, so we're there's there's there access, yeah, you know, yeah, everywhere, Apple. and uh, yeah. yeah, so there's no shortage of of places to listen. So. Uh, I don't have anything else in closing. Do you have anything, Chris? That's it today, my friend. Okay. Um, just like you said, thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Everybody be on the lookout. Mikey and I will be back, of course, yep. with the Super Bowl preview uh, extravaganza with our picks for that big game, oh, of yeah. course, in the near future. In the meantime, enjoy. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's been great, dude. Yes, sir, it has. <laughs>